You're listening to the Make It British podcast. I'm Kate Hills, and I'm on a one-woman mission to save UK manufacturing. In 2008, I gave up my 20-year career as a fashion buyer because I was disillusioned with how much was being sourced overseas, and I set out to uncover some of the amazing businesses that are still making in the UK. Since founding Make It British, I've discovered that there is not only still tons of manufacturing taking place in Britain, but that it's a thriving industry. I invite you to join me each week when I'll be chatting to inspiring British-made brands and UK manufacturers and offering advice to product-based businesses that make in the UK. So with no further ado, let's get on with the show. Welcome to episode number 232 of the Make It British podcast. So this week, I'm going to be talking to you all about manufacturing agreements and why it's important that you have one. But before we get onto the main topic of the show, I just want to remind you about a really exciting special event that we've got coming up on the 8th of October. The Make It British Forum is going to be an in-person event, our first Make It British in-person event for three years now, and it's going to be really good. It's a small, intimate event. There's going to be inspiring speakers, workshops, and you're going to come away from it feeling reinvigorated and excited about your business if you make in the UK. There's limited amounts of tickets available, so make sure that you get yours sooner rather than later. And particularly, if you want to buy the ticket on a three-month payment plan, you need to sign up before July the 31st. So just go to makeitbritish.co.uk forward slash forum, F-O-R-U-M, and grab your ticket today. And I hope to see you in person on October the 8th at the Make It British Forum. Right, let's get on to the main topic of today's show, which is all about manufacturing agreements. So what is a manufacturing agreement? Why should you have one? And what you should include in it. Now, I'm very much of the thought that a stitch in time saves nine. And it's better to think about what could go wrong when you get a product made with a manufacturer and have something in place that covers you should it go wrong. Because too many times I sadly get calls from people who've had a product made with a manufacturer and for whatever reason, it's not turned out as they expected. Maybe it wasn't delivered on time. Maybe the quality wasn't where they wanted it to be. And the problem is it's very difficult to rectify if you haven't had a prior agreement with the manufacturer as to what exactly you expected. Now, you might think that just pinging off an email and having details in an email, having said to them verbally what it was you wanted, was going to guarantee that you were going to get the results that you wanted at the end. But sadly, it's not always the case. Things can be misinterpreted. Emails can go missing or just filed and not looked at. And there's always the chance that Somewhere along the line, there'll be a misinterpretation of what you actually wanted or something might go wrong. Delivery might not happen on time for whatever reason. That might then end up in some sort of loss for you. Maybe that's lost sales. Maybe that is lost customers because you've taken a pre-order and the product didn't turn up when they expected it. So they cancelled and just generally being upset because you haven't got exactly what you expected. So I highly recommend that what you do is make sure you have some form of agreement in place. 
So what I want to cover with you today is what you should include in an agreement that you have with a manufacturer. Now, I just want to point out, obviously, I am not a lawyer. I'm not legally trained. You may want to get a lawyer to draw up such a contract for you. You might also want to find out if the manufacturer you're planning to work with already has some form of terms and conditions or service level agreement that they have that they're expecting you to adhere to as well and just get that checked over. There are also services online that you can use. I think Simply Docs is one of them, Rocket Lawyer, another, who give you kind of templates that you can then amend to suit what you need. So you want to make sure if you do use one of those services that you've got the things that I mentioned today covered within that agreement in that template that you use and that you switch it around to suit your business and your product. I know a lot of people are really keen to get a manufacturer to sign an NDA before they'll even show them their designs or tech pack or start working with them or even start talking to them. Now, that's all very well and good, but I actually think you're at a far greater risk if you haven't actually got a manufacturing agreement with them instead. Because if a manufacturer is going to cut patterns for you from your design and make the first sample, you're actually at a far greater risk if you don't have a prearranged agreement over who actually owns the physical patterns and the samples that they've made from your design. So you need to make sure once you've paid for the service of making the patterns and samples, that the ownership of those transfers to you. Especially if during the sampling process, the manufacturer, they might make suggestions for how to improve on your design. Maybe there are tweaks to the design that the manufacturer suggests as you go through the sampling process that are going to make production easier or just that they have some great ideas and you collaborate on those together. Who then actually owns the IP of that new version? They may claim that that belongs to them. So you really need to make sure you have all of this agreed before you start working with them. So the first thing I'd recommend you do before you start is speak to the manufacturer and see if they have any form of service agreement or terms and conditions. Check them over and see what you're agreeing to and then form your own version. And I think there's four things at least that you should make sure that you include in your agreement. So I'm going to run through what those four things are that I think you should definitely include within your manufacturing agreement. And then a few other ideas as well that you may want to include that are nice to have. So number one is agreeing what the quality of the product needs to be. So what is the level of quality that is expected? Normally what you would have is a final prototype, often called a contract seal or a gold seal, which is made exactly how you expect production to be made. That is your physical contract with a manufacturer of what you expect that product to look like and you have both agreed it and signed it. If you go into production with a sample that's only kind of right and not perfect, then if you don't get the results you want at the end, you've only got yourself to blame. And I cannot stress that highly enough. Always get a pre-production sample made. That final sample is your contract with a manufacturer of how you expect that product to be made. So it's not a step that you want to skip out. And you should also have within your agreement what tolerance you have within the sizing that they make it. So you'll have a size chart for your product if it's a size product. And you don't want them to make it either a little bit too big or a little bit too small. So you'll have an agreed tolerance, which you'll check before you sign off the final production. And I'll cover in a minute what you need to do if they don't meet your expectations in terms of the agreed quality and tolerance. 
Okay, and the next thing you need to agree with the manufacturer is what is the delivery date that you're both expecting to meet. So when will the final order be made by? Really important. Don't leave out an agreed delivery date. And also I'll cover in a minute what you do if they don't meet that delivery date. Then you should agree payment terms. Do they want you to pay everything up front or maybe just part of it? Or do they want you to pay on delivery or a set amount of days after you've received delivery of the goods? Chances are, if you're a new customer to them, they are going to expect you to pay at least part of it and probably all of it before they start work on making your product. And the fourth but most important point that you need to definitely include in an agreement with a manufacturer is who owns the intellectual property of not just the final production and designs, but also the patterns. So if you don't agree that you own the patterns or molds, depending what the product is that they're making for you, and you then need to, for whatever reason, go to another factory to make that same product and you don't own the pattern, you're going to have to start all over again. So make sure you've agreed with the manufacturer who owns the pattern. So those are the four things I think you should definitely include. Quality, delivery dates, payment terms and intellectual property. There's a few more things that you may also want to consider. The other thing is waste, return of waste. If there's any waste fabric or trims left over, if there's any of the production that can't be used for whatever reason it gets spoiled, who owns that? Are they going to return that to you? What are they going to do with it? Or are they just going to chuck it in the bin? Chances are if you want to be a sustainable brand, you want to know what's happening to your waste because you want to produce as little waste as possible. So you might have an idea with what you want to do with your offcuts or those products that weren't quite made exactly to the requirements that you needed. So make sure that you have ownership of those or you know what they're doing with those. The other thing is outsourcing. Now, this is less likely to happen with small manufacturers in the UK, but it might be something you want to check, particularly if you need to know exactly who it is that's making your products. So sometimes when a factory gets really busy, they might outsource part of their work to another factory. Do you want that to happen? Certainly you want to know if they're going to do that. So I would make sure you've had that conversation if you feel you need to with a manufacturer that you want everything to be made in-house and if they're going to be outsourcing it to anyone else, you want to know. Sometimes it's just because they don't have the machinery to do a certain part of making your product and that small part of your product will be sent elsewhere to someone that does have the machinery. But if it's really important to you to know exactly who's making every single part of your product, make sure you've checked that they notify you if any form of outsourcing is going on. And then finally, and I hope this will never happen to you, but you need to think about what would happen in the event that the manufacturer making your products was to go bankrupt. Now, unfortunately, I do know the case where this has happened to a small brand who were making with a factory, they'd sent them all of their fabrics and their trims and their labels. There was some issue with the factory in terms that I think they went into bankruptcy or there was some dispute over the ownership of the actual factory. The doors were locked, the factory was shut so that the owners, no one could get in, but it also meant none of the materials that were in there could come out. Now, in that instance, the designer had to go to great lengths to prove that they owned the materials, their own raw materials that they bought that the factory was storing within their factory. So you might want to think about that. If something you own, like your materials, is in that factory and something should happen to the factory where the doors were all locked and you couldn't get in, 
How are you going to prove ownership of your raw materials? So you might want to put some sort of contingency in your agreement with the manufacturer over what happens should bankruptcy occur. Not something you want to think about, but these things do happen. So just make sure you've thought about it and you're covered. So you've got your agreement with a manufacturer. What happens if they don't meet those terms that you set out in your agreement? In the first instance, you want to try and get them to put it right. So if you've clearly stated how you want something to be made, and by that I don't mean you've got it embedded somewhere in an email, but you've actually got a working document such as a tech pack or a specification sheet that outlines how the product should be made. And you have your contract sample where you've agreed exactly what it should look like. And they've agreed that that's the gold standard and they haven't made it to that standard. Then the first course of action would be to ask them to put it right at their expense. Now, you can only ask them to do that if you've actually got that agreed production sample. Otherwise, it's really difficult to do that if you haven't got that contract sample. So in the first instance, I would always say if there's any issue and something doesn't meet what you expected, you'd ask them to put it right first and foremost. Now, if that doesn't work out or it's something that just can't be put right, or maybe you've lost sales because it was late or they've ruined materials, do you expect compensation? And if so, what is considered fair compensation if they get it wrong? Now, this is always a really tricky one for a small business starting out with a manufacturer. It's much easier for big companies to say, this is the compensation we expect if you deliver late. As a small business, I know it's much harder. And what you don't want to do is start off on the wrong foot with a manufacturer to tell them that you're going to be giving them late delivery penalties and charges. So it is much better to come to an agreement before you even get to that stage. But sometimes just having this written in your agreement does at least act as some sort of deterrent for them not delivering on time. But likewise, you need to make sure that you meet all the dates that you've agreed with them. So you can't expect to not get a late delivery if you've delivered um, materials and trims and labels and packaging and everything to them later than that was actually agreed because that might have put out their production schedule. So before you get too heavy handed in terms of compensation, you're going to expect if they're late, just make sure that it's reasonable and it works for both parties. And actually, I can't stress that enough. Any form of manufacturing agreement or terms and conditions needs to be something that you both agree and that is fair for both parties. You do need to tread a little bit carefully here and actually only put in terms that are fair and that you agree between both parties. But I just want to make sure that you had awareness about all these things before you start working with a manufacturer and don't get too worried about an NDA. But more importantly, think about the latter part of the production process and how you're going to cover yourself there should something go wrong. So I hope you found this useful and that it helps to make your manufacturing journey run more smoothly. And don't forget, it's all about a stitch in time saves nine. It's better to know these things and make sure you've got yourself covered rather than crying over spilt milk after the horse has bolted. Thank you so much for listening to the Make It British podcast. I am your host, Kate Hills. And don't forget, we're going to be doing a live YouTube interview for this podcast, the first one of which is Tuesday, the 9th of August at 1pm. So if you're listening to this before that date, make sure you tune in on the Make It British YouTube channel. I hope to see you there. Bye. Thank 
you for listening to the Make It British podcast. I make an episode every Friday, plus there's bonus episodes occasionally. Many of the interviews that you hear on series four of this podcast are also available to watch on our YouTube channel. You can find it by going to youtube.com forward slash Make It British LTD. That's Make It British with the letters LTD. Bye bye.